You're now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to discuss a win over L.A. Lakers as well as another fan incident in the fourth quarter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into Locked On 76ers podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Today we are going to be talking about Joel Embiid and a a so-so game and a win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, We're going to talk about Tyrese Maxey and his double-double and also yet another fan incident that has kind of been going on recently ever since, you know, the 2021 playoffs. I am Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire, joined by the OG Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, what's going on, man? What's good, man? What's good? How you been? I'm good. Now listen, the Sixers were able to knock off the Lakers 105 to 87. Uh, Joel Embiid had 26 points. You know, he had nine rebounds. He had seven assists. And on paper, that looked like a pretty good performance. He shot nine for 20 from the floor. Um, but it wasn't really like a that usual dominant Embiid game. It just kind of seemed like he was a little sluggish out there. I mean, that, that that's the perfect word to use. He was sluggish. I mean, when you think about it, you know, Joel's been telling us for like the past two games or three games now how tired he's been. And I think the fact that he played in 21 consecutive games um, for, what's this, that's the most, that's the longest streak of games he's played in over his careers. I think he's been fatigued. And let's face it, Joel had to carry his team in most of these games. It was like he couldn't have an off night. So I think it was one of those things where, it basically, he's, he's tired. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed Saturday's game just to rest up. But I think his body is just worn down right now. But you know what? I have to commend him because he's a guy that no matter what, he wants to play, he wants to do whatever because he doesn't want people to say, you know what, Joel Embiid is missing a game again. So that's, to me, that was what it looked like. But you're right. He looks sluggish. But, hey, he was a plus 21, so that's impressive. Yeah, overall, I mean, the stat line reads for itself. 26-9, the seven assists was really impressive. The, the way he was able to kind of pick apart the defense, there were a lot of times where the Lakers were sending, like, a lot of aggressive double teams, which is what Joel sees on a regular basis. You know, he always gets the aggressive double teams. And he was going up against a guy, Anthony Davis, who is an elite defender in his own right. Um I thought the impressive part to me was Joel's defense. Uh, there was a time in the second half where the Sixers actually had Joel kind of like a roamer, uh, roaming the, the baseline a little bit. And if, Dave, if Anthony Davis got to the basket, Joel was there to kind of bother his shot a little bit and make him think twice. But um, I feel like that was the two important, at least impressive thing about Joel's game, his passing and his defense. But even Keith, he shot 8 for 13 from the foul line too. So... They play the Sacramento Kings on Saturday. It might be time to give them a rest. Yeah, it is time to give them a rest. I mean, the thing is, though, I mean, if they win that game, I know we're talking about the Sacramento Kings, right? But if they win that game without Joel, it could be a little confidence boost for some of these guys. Now, part of the problem is, too, now, again, I would expect him not to play. But part of the problem is, I guess, when you're you're like Doc Rivers, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, uh, Seth, is he going to play? 
okay, is somebody else going to play? It's one of those things where you, I'm already undermanned and I don't know if I want to rest this guy, but I do think two days off today and tomorrow is will be great, great for Joel because he just needs to get you know his body together. Yeah, he's going to have a game against the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday, Keith. And, you know, he missed that first game against Memphis because, uh, forget the injury, but uh, Joel missed that game against the Grizz. And now when Memphis comes in on Monday, they've got a big man of their own, a physical big man, and Steven Adams, where, you know, you would, you'd rather have Joel rested and ready to go against the Grizzlies. Now, no disrespect to the Kings because they are an NBA team, right? But you would much rather have Joel against Memphis and Steven Adams rather than against Sacramento and, you know, Tristan Thompson and Marvin Bagley. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then it was something like he had he had like a little rib rib soreness. Oh, or that's what it like was. That. You're right. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that one game. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a matter of matchups. And, yeah, you would rather have him rest up because, let's face it, it's going to be a – I hate to say the word battle, but it's going to be really physical. You know, they're going to go at them hard. There's going to be a lot of things happening. So I, I honestly think that you you are correct. Like, if I had to rest them one night, it would be that night, you know, um, as opposed to playing against, um, resting them against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, because, and, and again, just because of the whole matchup thing. It's like, and it's like the, the Kings, again, you don't want to, like, disrespect them or anything because they are an NBA team but the Kings really have been struggling lately Keith they they lost they lost to the Celtics by 53 points man and then a couple nights later they trailed the Atlanta Hawks by as many as 30 so it's just it kind of just seems like one of those matchups where it's just like you know what we can afford to give Joel a break this game we'll bring him back against a very good Memphis Grizzlies team that will allow him to rest a little bit because as we all know Joel has been on an absolute tear recently and as you said, he's had to carry this team in a lot of games. The Pelican game, he had to score 42 and 14 just to win that game. He had to score 50 against the Orlando Magic to win that game. Um, and this one, he got some help. You know, Tobias Harris had 23. Uh, Tyrese with a double-double. Niang had 14 off the bench. You know, so they were, he was able to get some help in this one. Danny Green came back and had nine points. Um, but it just you could just tell that Joel was – he was tired. He needs a little bit of a break. Give him a couple days off, three days off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then just throw him out there against the Grizzlies. I feel like that's a smart thing to do. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and then, you know, look, look at really Joel's floor game overall. Um, the seven assists, Keith, this has been the most impressive thing to me about Joel's game, right? Because we all know he can score. We all know he's an elite defender. Uh, we all know he can get his in any other way, right? But the fact that he had seven assists – and he was able to kind of pick apart um, L.A.'s defense, I thought to me that was one of the more impressive parts of his game. He was kind of able to make an adjustment over time. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that, that has been one of the, the best things about his game. I mean, heading into the night, he was averaging a career-best 4.2 assists a game. You know, that that's kind of impressive for him. You know, um, but in regards to uh, – but but in regards to Joel, I mean, we gotta give him credit. I mean, he 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 was named All Star starter for the fifth consecutive season this year, which is which is huge. Right. Yeah. He he was named an All Star starter before the game, uh, fifth consecutive All Star starter uh, for his career. And I and I believe Keith, off the top of my head, the only guys 
who in Sixers history who have had consecutive more consecutive all-star starts than Joel are Allen Iverson. He had seven. Dolph Shays had eight. And uh, Julius Dr. J. Irving had 11. I think it was. The number was 11. So the Sixers have been able to just kind of help Joel. Joel's been great. Um, it's been an overall terrific season for him. And five consecutive All-Star appearances as a starter, that, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's nothing to sneeze at. He's been really, really terrific. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been really terrific. I mean, you know, um, the thing is, uh, it, it's weird. Like, when you talk about it, here's a guy who his first two years he was injured. He didn't know if he wanted to play. He wanted to go back to Cameroon after his brother died. Right. And now you look at him. And he's the, the best center in, in the NBA right now. Like, I used to always think that it was the Joker, Nikola Jokic, just because he was more versatile. But now you look at this season that Embiid's having. You look at last year, what Embiid was doing before he was injured. And you have to say that he's the most dominant big in the league right now. You know, he's carrying his team. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's phenomenal, a phenomenal feat for him. Yeah, just he's been absolutely terrific all around. Now, up next, we're going to be talking about a guy who he's, he's young, but he's definitely continued to make strides as he moves forward, and that's Tyrese Maxey. But first, let's hear from Bet Online AG. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. As we look ahead to the NFL championship games next weekend in each conference. I happen to like the Los Angeles Rams as a three and a half point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers at home after knocking off the defending champions in the divisional round. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern time and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, Keith, so Tyrese Maxey had 14 points and he had 10 assists. Uh, and he also had seven rebounds. Give him credit for that um, in the win over the Lakers. But this is Tyrese's first career double-double. What did you specifically see out of Tyrese on Thursday against the Lakers? I mean, he looked like somebody who his game is starting to slow down. Like, in, a, in, a, in the first quarter, he kind of – I mean, the first half he struggled. Like, he was one for five. You know, he did have five assists. But it just seems like in the third quarter is when his game really stepped up. I mean, that's when he started attacking, started making shots. He was four for six. You know, he had three assists there. Um, he scored 10 of his points in that quarter, right? So, to me, that's when, you know, Tyrese Maxey was balling. But I just liked it. It just seemed like he, as Joel said, now you finally became a point guard. That's what it looked like. He finally settled down and, and became 
a point guard, like looking for teammates first, doing all those other things. When his shot wasn't falling, falling, he was contributing in other ways. And that's not a knock on what he did before. He was trending that way, but he just didn't do it. He just looked like he was a guy who was able to get his shot when he had to, but at the same time distribute the rock for his teammates. Yeah, that's always kind of been the big thing, right? I mean, Tyrese has had to, you know, we always talk about how young he is, right? Well, at least I do. And and I get your point um, because when you look at the other young point guards in this league, you look at Luka Doncic, you look at John Morant, you look at Trey Young, and you look at what those guys have done at such a young age. And Tyrese is um, in his second year. But the, my, my thing with him, Keith, is he, last year, coming off the bench as a rookie, it was all just like, yo, just score, right? Just go out and do what you do. This year, he's had to replace Ben Simmons, which, let's be real, those are huge shoes to fill. You know, that's a three-time All-Star. And Tyrese has had to balance not only getting his own offense and scoring, but also making sure he gets his teammates involved and being able to run the offense a little bit. Now, that has kind of been the biggest development for Tyrese as the season has gone on. You just kind of see that he's beginning to understand what he has to do and how to be a point guard and how to really become a guy who can run the offense and orchestrate things. That's just kind of what I have seen. But I'm curious if if it's the same thing that you see, because I know we kind of differ here a little bit on Maxie's expectations. I mean, I I think, like, we can't get – I mean, okay, Tyrese Maxie is balling, right? Yeah. He's playing well. But I I think that we have to – and he'll tell you this too, that he still has some things to grow at. For sure. Like, like he's still – like, in the perfect world, he's still a combo guard. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a perfect world. In, in this situation, he has to be uh, a, a shooting guard. Right. You know, I mean, a point guard, excuse me. So it, it's one of those things I think that a lot of times when we see him ball and we see him do this, then all of a sudden we put that pressure on him. And not us, but I'm saying people do, when they start saying, okay, he's the second coming of Chris Paul and all this other stuff. Well, nah, he, they're different types of players. But also at the same time, it's one of those things is I think his growth is going to come after this offseason, after the workout that he puts in and he's going to be better. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's balling. He's doing this and that. But, you know, he's not quite ready to make the all-star team. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, not yet. Not yet. And I feel like that is going to come at some point. I do – I do agree that his third year next year, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves because, you know, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played in this his second season. But I feel like where we're going to see Tyrese's development the most is going to be coming after an offseason with, like, a full offseason, knowing that he is officially this team's starting point guard. And, I mean, obviously, unless they get whoever in a Ben Simmons deal. But he knows at this, point, at this moment he's the team's starting point guard. He's going to have to understand – what is asked of him. He's going to have to understand um, how to balance things from being both a scorer and a distributor. And that's going to be the biggest difference maker for him. And I feel like, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you 100%. Um, how it's going to, where it's going to come from with Tyrese is going to be this work in the offseason and then coming back in his third year and making those adjustments and putting it out on the floor because and, and I feel like maybe this could help him too, Keith. I mean, Doc was obviously a point guard. I mean, do you feel like maybe Doc could be some some type of to help with that? 
Some of Doc's point guards. Um, yeah, he had Chris Paul. Yeah, but Chris Paul was Chris Paul. Like, right. He Chris, had, you know, and he had Ray Ray John Rondo. Yeah. Outside of that, who who else did he have? I mean, I'm just asking. Off the top of my head, uh, that's who, what I'm saying, dude. Like, who, who was his point guard? Orlando with Tracy McGrady and all them. Was that uh? Was that that was Teron Lou? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I don't know if he was like always the guy there. You know no, what I mean? No, like no. the other ones. So so. Oh, Daryl Armstrong. That's yeah, Daryl Armstrong. So, so you you know what I'm saying? So it's like he can help. They can help. But Doc has you know he's a point guard, and so was Sam. But you know it, it's one of those things where they. Uh, you know, they got a lot of combo point guards. So, you know right, I mean? they do. They, they do. Know, they had a lot of combo ones. So, I, I don't know if, uh, you know. They they do. I, I mean, mean they, I mean they're helping them now, but you know what I'm saying. I think it's up to the guy. Like, it's up to. No, for are, for sure. The re- want to be. The, re- the reason why I said that is because, obviously, both Doc and Sam are point guards in their NBA time. So, it was just like, you know, like yeah. maybe they could help them. But I do agree with you. I feel like. You know, Doc and Sam, they, they they have so much on their plate that like that they also just can't focus on Tyrese. You know, it just it is what it is. So, I I feel like it's just going to be up to Tyrese. A lot of it's going to be a lot of film watching, and you know, this kid Tyrese is just he's he's got a great work ethic. He's twenty one, and all he does is want to get he want to become a, a better basketball player. He wants to take that next step, and he wants to, you know, his his thing, Keith, has always been, I want to get 1% better every day, right? How many times have you always said that to us mm-hmm. in press conferences and whatnot? So I, I feel like the fan base should have confidence in the kid. Um, and, and, you know, like in his third year next year, it's going to be huge. But even this year, th- this year has kind of been a learning year, right? You know, as, as I said, he's had to take over for Ben. Um, Tyrese's – even Tyrese's defense – like that's another one that he's had to work on too. I'm not really seeing like big, huge strides in terms of Tyrese's defense, but there are like kind of little things here and there where like you know there's been improvement from his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's still a work in progress. I mean, he had some pretty good games. I just feel like he's a work in progress right now. You know, um, you know, he's not. I'm not going to say he's a liability now and there was a point in time when he was he was but he, he's getting a little bit better but I, I just think you know he's a he's a work in progress I think Tyrese is who he is he's he brings excitement you know he's a willing learner he's this and that but he's also a fan favorite like he'll go there and he'll get you a bucket he'll go there he'll do things like that that's why I just think like you know it's going I mean I I, I don't know like I don't to me, he's not quite the finished product yet. And no. the one thing we got to understand is he was a late first-round pick. You know what I mean? He was. A late first-round pick, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, again, like, as time goes on, uh, getting all this experience as a starting point guard and, and then even going into the playoffs, you know, there will undoubtedly be another adjustment period for him, especially going up against, you know, playoff defense and all the potential point guards that he will face come playoff time. So, Again, all this is going to be a learning experience for him. He's going to have to kind of take these learning ex- these learning experiences into the offseason, continue to grow, and then he'll be a, a better option for in his third season. Now, coming up, 
we had another fan incident in the fourth quarter of the win over the LA Lakers, and we will get into that. But first, let's hear from Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions, right? If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or, or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs and there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream salted caramel mint brownie and many more in fact built is always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com often to see what's new go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com All right, Keith, so things got a little ugly in the fourth quarter. Um, the Sixers were salting away a victory. It was already – the game was pretty much already in hand. I mean, the, the Sixers had the had the game. Lakers still had some stars out there, but nothing crazy. Uh, but L.A. star Carmelo Anthony got into it with a fan, apparently two fans, um, multiple fans at, at, at center court, and then it kind of moved off to the baseline. But um, some clearly some words were said that were over the line, disrespectful, Um According to Yahoo's Chris Haynes, the fans were – they said things like, you know, boy, shoot the ball, boy, get in the corner, boy. It was just really incredibly just terrible stuff to say to somebody. But either way, Keith, it was just, it was disrespectful. And, and I believe um, – and it probably should – that the fans will get banned at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Like, and, and you know, apparently from – you know, apparently I was talking to a source and, and he was saying – that you know, it was uh, one of the, it was a season ticket holder who told Camelo shoot the ball, boy. He told him twice. He says, and then uh, Carmelo says, "Excuse me, what did you say?" And the guy basically repeated it. Uh-oh. And then, and this is a guy who, you know, that they people say that there's certain things that happened before, or he had other altercations, or or something like. In other words, his his record may not be squeaky clean in the building. So it's one of those things where the hope is that he'll get uh, banned, right? Or get his uh, stuff revoked. Now, um, it's a bad look. Because, you know, a lot of some people may say, well, he called him boy. What does that mean? Well, that means a lot. It means like, you know, back in the day, a lot of times, you know, uh, white males would call black males boy. Like that's that's the thing. Like you're you're a boy. You're not a man. You're a boy, and so it's one of those things where you know you hear that, and I mean you might as well call somebody the N word. Right. You know what I mean? And that guy knew what he was doing. I'm um, calling a boy. So it. I, the thing I don't like about it is is you know I'm from Philly, um, you know, I, and next thing you know it's like here we go again, boy boy you know and and uh look at his races or or look at the fans they don't know how to act so it's one of those things where i would have been upset just like carmelo anthony was but at the same time it's like come on man now here we go we're in the news again because of some idiot 
who probably, I don't know if he was liquored up, I don't know what it was, but, you know, or some racist who, who says some crazy things, and now we got a problem, right? Right. And everybody's going to lump all of us up in there. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't like that. Right, and you know what, Keith, the thing that bothers me the most is that it's like it's 2022, and, you know, like, yeah. you know, what people are still using terms like that, and and a lot of people don't understand what those terms can really mean to somebody, you know, like kind of kind of like what you said. It just it's almost as bad as you know somebody coming out and saying the n word. It's yeah. just it's not it's not a good look. And and like yeah, and you already know it. Philadelphia fans already have a bad reputation. You know, like they're the ones that they throw snowballs at Santa Claus, and um, you know they they boo their own players and just everything else in between. And and sure, like 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 maybe they they deserve you know some, some of that criticism, but you know just because one idiot decided to take it a step a place that it really should never go, now Philadelphia as a whole is going to kind of be grouped in with this one with this one idiot. Yeah, and that's the hard part. That's the sad part about the whole situation. You know, but, you know, and, and my thing is, you know, we look at it and, and you know, you hear, like, some players saying, hey, you know, we go to games and some of these fans are booing the Sixers and, and saying stuff like that. And, you know, for us, I get it because it's passion. Right. It's like they, you know, they want the team to play well. And you have to be here to understand it. And this isn't the only place that does that. No, But no. then when you hear free agents and players talking like, Yo, man, they got they saying racial things in the stands, and then you're looking like, come on now, y'all can't mess this thing up. But but yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a very unfortunate situation. Yeah, just the whole thing was just, it was rough, and you know what? And I, so I've been on the beat now for for five years, and you know, like even in the five years I've been on the beat on the beat, Keith, let's just think about the last couple of years. Do you remember the Isaiah Thomas incident with the uh, the fan yeah, about the frosty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like that was a big thing. And then in the playoffs against the Washington Wizards, the fan dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook when he was uh, walking off the floor. And Russ was injured at that point, too. It wasn't like it was anything crazy. It was like he was hurt, and they still dumped popcorn on him. Um, so, yeah, just when a fan base gains a reputation like this, you know, like maybe some – you do think maybe some potential free agents do see that and they're like, eh, I don't really want to play for them because of the fans? I mean, they do. I mean some can, some can. And, you know, here's my thing, like, the, the whole uh, – like, the, you know, I, I'm not going to say – like, I give the fans – fans, they pay money, they can do what they want, right? I want those things as long as they don't cause harm or anything like that. Right. The guy, um, the guy throwing popcorn, that was like – you know, that was just dumb. Like, I mean, if I'm going to go out my last game at an arena, it's not going to be because I threw popcorn, popcorn on someone, right? You know what I mean? Stupid. I'm not going out like that. But other than that, like, you know, again, I'm from here, um, from Philly. I understand the passion. The thing is, though, I just really think, you know, and sometimes things happen. But that's a lot of times players are trash talking, the opposing team saying stuff, you know, Players get um, get upset and and, and uh, offended by it, but when you start saying racial stuff, that's yeah. to me really crosses the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like really at that point, like the fact that racial slurs even came to your mind, like it just, just kind of just says that you're a pretty awful human being, and, mm-hmm. and it's a it's obviously not a good look. It's terrible, um, and you know it's one of those things where just 
it just it, it can't be accepted like in today's society anymore. Uh, really should never be accepted even before this. But the point is, just it's it's hard. It's tough to really, really kind of as a free agent. You know, you look at that. You look at that incident. And you're like, oh, I'm not. I'm not trying to deal with that. Especially, you know, you you got others. We all have other stuff we have to deal with, and to be dealing with that is terrible. Terrible, in my opinion. I agree, my man. I agree. Now, real quick, like I know we got like a minute here to go, and like while we're on the fans, um, you know, the fans, you know, they've been kind of hard on Tobias Harris this year. Uh, I know he got booed heavily in, in the Houston Rocket game. We haven't really, like, really touched on that. Just in a minute, like, do you, do, do you feel like the fans kind of have a gripe there a little bit? I mean, I think they look at his contract and they see how much money he makes. And, you know, he's going through some stuff, uh, you know, with post-COVID. But at the same time, they don't care about that. They just, they just want to see him play. And I think that's what it is. It's like they're looking at the salary and was looking at the production. And he didn't see it, but he's starting to play like Tobias. Yeah, he's beginning to. And honestly, like outside of you know Tyrese and everything, I feel I feel like Tobias Harris's play um, really has to continue to step up because obviously he's got to be the number two guy next to Joel. And yeah, I'm just, again, I feel like the fans just kind of have to lay off him a little bit. Like I understand the contract and everything, and you want a guy to live up to that. But Tobias, and we mentioned we talked about it on this podcast all the time. Um, he's clearly just kind of going through an adjustment period without Ben Simmons. And, and you can see it now. Recently, he's beginning to figure it out, especially in this game over the Lakers. I thought that was a really good game. Yeah, as far as laying off of him, I expect him to lay off of him just because he's starting to play well now. He's starting to play better. So I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to continue. As a matter of fact, I don't know the last time I heard him ripping him. But, you know, so I think it's, you know, as long as he plays well, they're going to get on, they're going to get off of him. You're not wrong, Keith. You're not wrong. Now, listen, thank you so much for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For the OG, Keith Pompey, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time.